It's Sports Arena and it's once again Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of extreme as we watch ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 with every pay-per-view and special and cool little bits we can find in between. This week we're looking at episode 251. I'm joined as always by Jay. How are you doing, Jay? I'm doing all right. 251's weird. So, you know, I think it was a good one to, to talk through. Um yeah, it's it's uh, it's time, isn't it? It is time. Obviously, we had a really big last uh, week. Last week, um, we discussed. I was going to say we discussed. It's basically the beginning of the show, so I can't really even. <laughs> really care. But what we did do last week is do our um, Rushmore for for the two hundred fiftieth episode of, we did. of Hardcore TV, not of this. Um, so that was that was quite interesting. Some of those picks, so it'll be interesting watching as they go forward. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the Mount Rushmore. I think the standout that I've been thinking about is the fact that we had just incredible and Al Snow on our lists. Um, it's been extremely impressive what those have done sort of recently. So in the next twenty-five episodes, I think it's be interesting to see how they sort of grow. And both are front and center in this episode. They are indeed, but the episode kicks off. Um, it is around the 11th of February 1998. We get a promo from Taz, who is thanking Bam Bam Big Life for opening his eyes. So he's had to head his head back to he had to wait for his back to be turned before he attacked him. Um, but they have all the gold apart from the only title that means anything the TV title, and that includes Shane Douglas, the yellow bitch. And um, this is a couple of good lines. It was it's a bit all over the place, but it was decent. Yeah, I mean, he had good, he had good stuff in here. It was, it was the majority of it was good, as as we've always said that you could have used a little bit of an editor, but um, there was some real gold in here. So you know, he wants to thank him for for showing him that he'd gone soft, for showing him that that he, uh, you know, that that he'd um, taken his eye off. He'd become a little bit too friendly, a bit too nice, you know, helping everyone, stuff that we'd 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 called out. You know, the fact that it felt as if at the beginning of this, this was the same story as the, uh, as the um, Tommy Dreamer story of, you know, I need a partner Taz, you're my partner, come and be my partner. I won't be your partner. Okay. I'll be a partner. Um, and bam, bam was similar. So, you know, the fact that he's, that's been turned to a, yeah, you showed me, you showed me that I, I, I'd gone soft on it. And, and this was, this was, it was, um, was absolutely brilliant. And then to to turn that into, um, you know, this is about my belt. You've got all of the gold at the triple threat, but you haven't got the most important piece of gold in this organisation, which is this belt here. Um, and that's why you've come for me. And that's why you're, you're after me is because I've got the one thing you can't have. And my thing is more important than all of the rest of the shit you have. Um, so, yeah, no, I thought it's some really good stuff. I even like the fact that he even brought up the fact that he beat the world champion for this belt in, like, three minutes. Yeah. I, I kind of like the fact they didn't hide away from that story to try and keep Chain Douglas strong. It was just like, no, nah, I, I got your number. I completely, I beat the crap out of you in three minutes. That's why your belt don't mean shit, kind of. You know, it was, it was good. Uh, so obviously, how did you feel about him pulling out the a, a 
acknowledging the um, the size difference between the two of them. You're six foot four and three hundred and something pounds. I'm five foot nine and. I feel sometimes I'm not a fan of it, but with Taz, with his character, I kind of feel it's important because if he was six nine doing what he does, it wouldn't be as impressive. Yeah, that the fact that he is shorter but powerful enough to throw around and ragdoll anyone in the division. It, it adds to his character, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I don't mind it when Taz does it, because I, I feel it's almost like this sort of pit bull mentality with him. I, I guess the other part on it is, because I thought about this, and, and uh, you know, initially I kind of bristled at it in the sense of why do you want to bring up the fact that you're so small kind of thing, um, you know, in a you know, larger-than-life setting that is wrestling, you know, the, the world of the big men, et cetera, et cetera. But I guess the other part of that is everyone knows that. We've seen them face-to-face. We will see them face-to-face again. It's not going to be a surprise. It's not going to be a secret they can keep that that Bam Bam's so much bigger than than Shane Doug, uh, than uh, Taz. That's it. It's, I take it more as a whole, you know, you're taller than me. I don't care, bitch. I will knock you out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, again, if, if done right, Mike Tyson was like 5'11". So it's, it's yeah. you know, it's all, it's all, everything's all based in proportion. So you look at Mike Tyson's 5'11", but was the baddest man on the planet. Yeah. But then you've got um, someone like um, Rey Mysterio, who's getting forced to be like, you know, something like a 205 champion, but being viewed as like a little guy and can't compete. But then you've got UFC, who 205 champion is, or was, until he just relinquished, John Jones. So it's kind of all, I know obviously height's a thing, but weight and that seems to play too much into like wrestling, where they make up these little 205 live guys, and just these little guys who can't do anything. Where in the real world, you've got some of the baddest men on the planet at 205 in sort of weight. So, yeah, they, they need to find like, it's not, I don't think it's a bad thing what Taz's saying about his heart, as long as he's a bad enough sort of motherfucker to back it up, and he is. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It, it, it was, it did feel strange at first, but, um, no, I agree. Um, so obviously we get highlights of the actual turn from last week, which is fine. We then go into our first match, which is Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus Axel Rotten and Bulls Mahoney. Um, it's it's generally a decent match, apart from the Van Daminator spot. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that that uh, that chair was held up. For a long, long time. So, yeah, basically the match is a standard match you expect, back and forth, back and forth. But like I said, the only real standout bit is Van Damme at a spot. So, it's a common thing. I mean, you can't help but notice it as a wrestling fan that they'd only ever get hit with one side of a chair, which is like the front bit that you'd sit on. 
when the front bit is facing yeah. towards them, you generally know a reversal's coming, whether it be Big Show punching the chair in their face or a Van Daminator. So you know if the chair's around the wrong way, that they're generally going to get it in their face. So he had the chair around the wrong way, missed and then sort of backed into the ropes and proceeded to hold the chair in front of his face and sort of put his hand up there and brace himself for the Van Daminator. And it's it's just nitpicking. It's really nitpicking. But it just... It... But it was enough. It was just enough just to kind of stutter you for a second and bring yeah, you Yeah, and actually, it's really just like... It's, it's not shitting on the product or anyone. It's just, like you said, it was just, it's just that little bit where you're just like, oh, what are you doing? So, yeah. but um, they did that. Obviously, they ended up hitting uh, Sabu and RBD. Ended up hitting total elimination on, I think, Bulls. Might be an Axel. Doesn't matter. Uh, which they ended up leading to Cronus come rushing out, cleaning the house. Uh, I don't know he's like mentally. He looked more motivated, I'd say, than we'd seen him in recent weeks. And yeah, that, yeah, he looked. He looked I mean, quite... it was short. It wasn't a match. It was just purely a running. But he looked fairly motivated. Got a lot of the spots in. Cleaned house. Then got on his knees and did the joints RVD Sabu pose, basically sort of mocking them back. Um, the highlight of the show this week for me is when they're going, <laughs> going to the back. <laughs> and it cuts to Rob Van Dam, who then starts. I thought he was just going mad and what was going on, but then you realise he's doing eliminators impressions, where he's sort of doing the the Perry Saturn, Duck and Gordy, Duck and Gordy, Duck and Gordy. Um, I'm going to find the video. I'm going to post it on um, underscore Sports Arena, probably on Instagram and Twitter. So if you haven't seen it, go over to one of them and check it out because it, it did make me chuckle. I thought it was great. And uh, it was, and and you know, just just an amazing moment of him, kind of like you know, taking the Mickey out of him, and then uh, doing the um, the Cronus oh, yeah. laugh uh, with all of his hair kind of messed up as well. It just it, it made it for me. It was just so ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it was great. It, it it was the best part. Um, yeah, I mean. He looked, uh, he looked all right, didn't he, old Cronus? He looked as if he was, he was up for something. Um, couldn't quite remember whether he was doing the thumbs up or the, 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 the brother sign or, or what. So kind of got a little bit confused in between. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was a good, it was, it was a good showing, I think. Um, Cronus and RVD are really interesting to me because they actually are fairly similar in their you know, how they bring in martial arts kind of styles. So why one of them became such a, a massive, and also their athleticism in a lot of ways. So how one of them became huge and the other one just is a little bit of a footnote interests me. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one to watch. I think so. And I want to see where it's um, going. Is it going to be a singles match against one of them or is he bringing in... His fourteenth tag team partner. Guess we'll find out. Exterminator's right again. Uh, we then get another match: Doug Furness versus Al Snow, WWF versus ECW. Um, oh. 
So Al Snow was on my Mount Rushmore last week. Everything they've done right with him. If it was this week, I might have been annoyed and he might not have been on there. Are you saying that he squeaked it? Oh, how annoying is, is that noise? So, so basically, so obviously people don't know what we're going about. <laughs> he starts off, they put sort of a filter over it and we're watching through head cam, which I didn't really yeah. understand. Apart from every now and again, they went, let's see our heads getting on. And they would have a mannequin head backstage sort of just waving at the camera, which I, I guess was funny. Um, but these heads, everyone in the crowd decided if they rubbed them together, it would make a fucking awful squeaking noise, which just pierced through you the whole, especially if you watch the show through headphones like I do. Akin to, but not quite the same as... Uh... Fingernails down a chalkboard. Once you, it's just one. Once you notice it, you can't unnotice it. Once it gets a hold of you, that's the only thing you hear, and it's hard to even watch the match. And I felt like it. Um... Uh, yeah, so, um, there was there was a part where people were were like drumming on the head and stuff like that, and that was that was bad enough. But it wasn't it wasn't like I wish to stick sharp things in my ears to make it stop bad. Um, but the squeaking when you rub them together element um, became fairly overpowering, and it looked like it was actually fairly overpowering for for the wrestlers as well, and not in a a good way, but in a holy shit, this noise is ridiculous kind of way. Well, yeah, it was, and um, so that basically happened. Al Snow. Um, one, it was a generally good technical match. It's just hard to really take in because of the circumstances. But you know, like I say, it's just one of those things. Just watch it with no volume, and it's the incredible match. So, but it just, <laughs> uh, it's just annoying. That's all. The head cam thing was unnecessary. The squeaking was frustrating. I thought, come on, WWE, you can't. I'm not allowed to listen to perfect strangers, but you're happy to leave this in. I thought, come on, work with me. So, I mean, on, on music and, and strangeness, so they obviously can't use Breathe, which is what he was coming out to at the time. Yep. Um, so they've, they've created their own um, Prodigy-esque song. Yeah. Um, interestingly, and I, I, listen, I was listening because I suddenly got a catch of it, and it, I thought it was that they'd used a different Prodigy song. Um, because what they'd done sounds very much like um, a different Prodigy song. Uh, it sounds like uh, Smack My Bitch Up. Yeah. Which is not a good song to be playing. But, um, yeah, it's not. It, it's, it's that they've kind of copied and have come up with a very similar sounding song. But, yeah, it just it was a bit of a weird one. But bearing in mind all the all of the, the controversy that we know is yet to come with Al Snow and Head in WWE. Um, yeah, Smack My Bitch Up, I think, was was um, a weird kind of parallel. Fair shout. And um, yeah, all those themes are on um, YouTube as well. That's why it's crazy. All the ECW yeah. dub themes, if you listen to them in full, if you ever wanted to go back and listen to the old Taz. Ugh. Theme that everyone knows and loves. Um, yeah. 
That's pretty much it. Just lift straight for YouTube. So that's uh, that's on there. We then get the beginning of the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer versus the Dudley Boys. Um, best out of fifty-three match. Um, before the match, it's, and after the twenty-minute. Yeah, I mean, so you talk about going down a road for a payoff, but is it worth it? You know, this is what this felt like. You're going to give one individual a massive line and a massive moment to elevate them, but you almost take away from the others to risk it. Yes. So basically what I'm getting to is before the match, Sandman grabs the mic, starts talking in character, but out of character. You know, not just full-on Sandman. He's clearly the Sandman, but he's not talking as full-on Sandman. He's like a middle ground. A shoot, if you will. Yeah, he's like a middle ground, basically saying about... Um... The locker room's a family. Yep. And whether they fight or whether they hate hate each other, they're still a family. And when one of our family members hurts, we all hurt. And at the moment, one of our family members is hurting. Because... Tommy Dreamer's grandpa, who isn't Terry Funk, hmm. passed away just a few weeks before this match. Was it weeks? We'll say weeks. It's, it's, yeah. I think it was weeks. It wasn't because it wasn't like, you know, 12 minutes before this, he took a phone call kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you, you didn't know Tommy Dreamer's granddad, but I'd met him a couple of times and he was great. And he was the reason why Tommy's a, a, a wrestler because he paid some money sometime that Tommy used to go to a school and meant the world to him and, and blah, blah, blah. And Tommy's crying at all of this. Um, and, you know, he was a great guy and we all here, you know, we're here for Tommy because Tommy's hurting. So we want to be here for Tommy because Tommy's hurting because Tommy's lost his granddad. And his granddad was great and Tommy's crying because granddad was great so we're here for Tommy because we're a family and all of the wrestlers whether you love them or hate them and you know we all hate each other and we love each other we're a family and we're here and therefore the moment of silence and the 10 bell salute that is now about to happen is for Tommy and Tommy's granddad and they start the 10 bells. And it's, it's really hard because you don't want to seem so, unsympathetic because it's, it's horrible. And if his you know, granddad really did die and all this stuff is like legit, I'm, then... I'm sure his granddad did die. I'm, I'm sure his granddad did die. I don't know the timings of it, but I'm sure his granddad did die around this time. And it obviously made it made him sad because he obviously was close to his granddad. And, and you know, there's a likelihood that parts of those stories are true. However, did it need to be a wrestling angle? Question. And also my other part on this is you've got the Dudley boys, the, the maniacal, evil, vicious Dudley boys who then take off their caps, put them over their chests and stand and stand there ready for to, to, to do the 10 bell salute. I, I know we've just kind of blown away kayfabe in a whole kind of, you know what, I know we sometimes fight and we sometimes pretend to hate each other, but actually we're a family and, you know, everyone gets on. I don't need to see that. If you're going to do that, 
and you obviously are, why do you need your opponents in the ring? Apart from the fact it's the Sandman's entrance, so we know we have to have him come out first. But, you know, they could have done something where they were on the outside or they were doing something else because you've got, you know, these, these people who will push and we will see throughout this year and going forward, will push the envelope on what can be done and what is allowed to be done in wrestling promos. And, and they're, they're respectful because, you know, all that fake, silly wrestling shit isn't real and this is real. Yeah, it was, it was really, really weird. And um, we, we found out quickly the reasoning for this was to get a little more heat on the heat magnet. So just incredible come charge into the ring um, during this... Bell six. About, yeah, about bell six. Grabs the mic and basically say um, that he wishes that Tommy had died instead. Yep. And Tommy then just basically launched across the ring and attacked him and they started fighting. And obviously it was to get heat on just incredible. I get this, but it was a, it was a very, very, very strange way of... Um, Doing it. Yeah. You know, and again, it works, but the Dudleys could have done this. You know, they could have... The Dudleys could have not been in the ring. The Dudleys could have then come out now and started beating them down. It was, um, again, I guess it was more the Dudley's involvement that I understand, in, you know, real life. In an are. awkward, weird, standing on one side thing. Yeah, I mean, I understand they totally are friends in real life and they would have 100% been there for him. But it just, as a character standpoint, I mean, would Taz have come out and hugged him and Shane Doug? I mean, it's like, it's just... But again, we're into this world where, you know, we've got goodies and baddies, but we haven't really got goodies and baddies because, you know, that's a work brother and this is a shoot brother. And in a shoot moment, we're all actually on the same side, brother, apart from this guy who's a really nasty guy. And he really is a baddie because, you know, everyone else is is shooting on this, but he's working and he's coming out. And, and therefore, he's the real baddie because this is a shoot and he's coming out and not supported it rather than everyone else who up until that point would have tried to kill each other. But actually now that they're not, because really and truthfully they get on, but this guy doesn't really get on because he's the real piece of shit. So, yeah, so they're, they're the work baddies and he's the shoot baddie, so there we go. Well, yeah, I mean, this would almost be like fireable because the locker would hate you, room would hate you kind of thing. But, um, yeah, that's what happened. I mean, don't get me wrong, monster heat for Justin, just a weird approach in my opinion. Uh, but uh, it's going to skyrocket him. They, they might edit it to make it look less, but um, it's just kind of weird because they, they are all going to be in the ring, I think, in a couple of weeks for a real 10-bell salute for the passing of sort of Louis Piccoli and all that. I think that, I'm not sure what point that's happened yeah. this year, but that, that happens this year. So it's kind of crazy that that, that sort of happens and... Um, yeah, it's just just all weird, very weird. But um, again, like we said, the, the rockets attached to just incredible, and you know him and Tommy Dreamer. As much as people associate Tommy Dreamer with Raven, his feud with just incredible is is um, pretty dark and pretty up there as well. They fight for a, yeah. a long, long time. Um, any more tidbits from World of Extreme this week? 
Not really. I mean, it was um, it was a, a solid enough show. We're on the the countdown towards Living Dangerously. Um, it, it remains interesting that they their super shows slam in and kind of. Well, we will see. In in, in past times, they have derailed the what they're trying to do with their pay per views, um, as we've seen with you know changes of of. Uh, titles and things and the show before the show yeah uh, so it'll be interesting to see how that holds going forward but um yeah all aboard for living dangerously yeah cannot wait this this show is um is shaping up to be special already so absolutely buzzing to to get there uh, we'll be back next week with more ecw and extreme rewind but if you cannot wait a week and you want a little bit more of a fix of us, the best thing to do is to go to our social media pages at underscore sports arena. Um, if you are talking about ECW, basically just put, and if you don't sort of at us, just put ECW, we will find you. We will start a conversation with you <laughs> and you will become a fan of the show because ECW... What... None of us meant to... No, but ECW's... None, none of but you know, I can understand why if you listen to that, you may think that's a threat. But it's a good thing we promise. Yeah, well, ECW is all just you know, we're a community. Relive the revolution. You know, we're we're going through this journey. We're a family. We might hate each other and we might fight, but really, we're a family. <laughs> exactly. And when, when one of our families hurting, then the rest of our family are hurting. And when one of our families talking about ECW on social media, the rest of our family are talking about ECW on social media. Yeah, well, it's just so cool, isn't it? Because there wasn't really social media when ECW was on. So it's, it's kind of, you know, the interactions when we talk to people and that. It's great when people are watching it back the same time as us and you're all sort of watching it again because it's not like your Raw or AEWs. We can all talk about it on the spot. You didn't have that really. So... It's good to go back and everyone's sort of throwing their opinions out and stuff like this because you, you miss bits and you pick up bits. And, um, yeah, it's just um, it's great stuff. But, um, yeah, get involved at Antor Sports Arena. Um, I'm Paul. That's Jay. Thank you very Cheers. much. And we're back next week for more Extreme Rewinds. Daddy.